Hey guys, you're listening to Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man, the podcast where life issues and the Bible collide. We hope you enjoy today's topic and are encouraged to do some musing yourself. Thanks for listening. The lies can be stopped. We didn't disappear. <laughs> I know you went whole, one whole week without uh, a, 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 your weekly episode popping up on your phone or whatever. And you I sort of disappeared. Well, you thought the apocalypse was upon you. That is not true, um, at least not, not at that level. We have not been evaporated. We have not been uh, taken out by assassins. Uh, no, this is Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man. I'm Preacher Man. She's Townsend. And what happened was she... Actually, by having a bad day, got to throw me a, a bone that she didn't realize she was throwing. Because oh, he's just now admitting last this week, to me. You know, she's like, "Ooh, I," you know, when it was Wednesday, uh, she was like, "Ooh, I, I just can't make it." And I said, respect, and so she's later tonight or tomorrow. And I, she's every time, every time you ask me that, I'm like, "Don't. Why are you asking me? You just tell me what's best. <laughs> I don't, you know, because I'll be here." Uh, she's the one that's having to take a pause out of her work day and whatnot. But so she said, well, Thursday would be better. Okay, fine. Well, then on Thursday, she's like, it ain't, it's not going to happen. And she doesn't know, but I was like, because the first day of the year, we had a church lock-in and the older I get, the more days it takes me. I don't know on Wednesday when you were like, I'm not going to be able to make it today. I probably couldn't have strung together a decently thought out sentence. Like it was, (laughs) you know, I'm still dragging and like, huh? And just out of it completely. Uh, so that, that was to those of you who may have noticed that to the four five, six of you, I don't know <laughs> who noticed, uh, Hey, where's my, where's my week? You know, I'm going on a road trip. Where's my weekly. That's why it's because, you know, I, I would have sounded like an absolute idiot and she was extremely busy. And so, Hey, we had, to, we had to skip and, uh, I didn't make a post about it. Sorry. We're not, cause I thought, eh, Again, I was kind of out of it. And you know, we're human, and it makes me feel good to know that we can all kind of, you know. If we stop doing this completely, I mean, how long until somebody asks you? I don't know. I honestly have no idea. So, Well, I get asked, but... Well, so I want to, though, before we get started uh, just talking about any old thing, I want to talk about how we're going to structure a little bit of what we talk about here for the next little while. I don't... How many are in here? I think it's 200. Now, some of them, I think, are kind of goofy. I honestly don't know, but I think it's too. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay, so let's establish that if we pull a goofy one. We can skip it. Okay, so what I have done, um, and and this doesn't erase anybody out there who is listening to me who says, well, I I wish they would talk about X, Y, Z. Email me. Tell me that that's what you would like to hear us talk about, and I promise you, guarantee you, give you my word, we will. Uh, Your requests supersede what I'm holding in my hand. But what I'm holding, it's called talking point cards. And these are little cards that are designed to start conversations. So, uh, yes, here it says there are 200 of them. So technically, this is, I'm holding 200 topic episodes, right? Or episode topics right here. Uh, It has little quotes on it, one by CS. I'm kind of, it kind of bent me out of shape. One of these, uh, do you know who John MacArthur is? Yes. He's an author. Okay. So it says, you are the only Bible some unbelievers will ever read, John MacArthur. Now, I can't refute whether or not he said that, but straight off, that's a rip on Billy Graham saying you're the only Bible some people will ever read. 
uh, that's not a John MacArthur quote. I don't care if he said it that way. That needs to say Billy Graham. But anyway, (laughs) C.S. Lewis, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. D.L. Moody, out of 100 men, one will read the Bible. The other 99 will read the Christian. And then St. Augustine, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. So four little quotes. But inside this box, how this will work, you're you're like, who who really cares? Well, I care. So here's how it'll work. Instead of always just dropping some random hammer on Townsend when she shows up with the occasional kind of heads-up notice, we're going to start pulling a card at the end of every episode so that we know what the topic will be about next week and you, listener, will know what to expect in next week's episode. And Townsend can see, y'all can't, but it's broken up into four. The tops of the cards have four colors, red, blue, green, and yellow. If it's a yellow card, it's a personal, it's a personal card about you. It's, they call those faith journey cards. If it's a green card, it's the world around us. That's my favorite part. That's a worldview section. So, like, how does this work in the world, or how does the world see this? In other words, he's going to pick green every time. Well, no, because I like blue, too. (laughs) Blue is personal beliefs. Mm. So it's sort of like opinions. Uh, What do you – I just picked it up randomly. What do you think it means to be a Christian? Mm, And if I I drop some, what do you think is going to happen to humanity in the future? Okay. Okay. Those are good. Red red is the one that will probably be (coughs) – uh, least liked by yeah, us? Well, not least liked, but le- it's Bible. It, I call it, it says Bible truths, but it's like Bible trivia. Okay. So if I just randomly pull the red, how many sacraments are there and what are they? Uh, I know the answer to that, but. I don't. Why? For you and listener like a land. Whole, okay, well, that's fair, but I don't know. If we choose red, we probably need to do lots of them because, you know, it doesn't take us quite long to what is heaven? What will happen to the righteous people at the end of time? What is hell? So it's it's Bible trivia. It's like what and because it has a question and then an answer, and the answer also tells you where you can find that in the Bible. So, uh, but I like that because there's a lot of things. Like there are a ton of things that I will hear in our Sunday school classes when we open up discussion. And mm-hmm. now that we're doing Sunday school the way we are, people will ask things. And it's either one of two things or three. I mean, sometimes I'm like right there, you know, in the middle. But sometimes they'll ask things and I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe you didn't know that or I didn't know that or Mm -hmm. that's a great. And then sometimes it's shocking to me the things that people think of. Right. Um, And then sometimes I'm just right there in the middle and I might have thought of it or gotten the answer or whatever. But I think those cards are cool because it's bound to be a lot of things that people Maybe, hey, I didn't think about that. Or, hey, I've wondered that 17 times and never gotten the answer. Right. Right. Well, that's fair. So So I didn't think of it that way. So that's fine. Do you have a soul as well as a body? Oh. So anyway, (laughs) okay, okay. So I'm not going to read them all. So anyway, so like at the end of this episode, Townsend doesn't, she she should go first, but I'm cheating because I I cherry picked one out of the yellow section, your faith journey. And so at the end of, I have it right here. And so at the end of this episode, I'm going to read what the card says, it's a question, and then a week from now, she and I will have to have an answer to that question and be able to share it with you. And luckily, most of these, you don't just answer it because, like, for example, this one, though it's not on the card, has an implied why. So we'll be able to answer why we think what we think about the answer to that question. But that leaves us with today, and today shouldn't be any less important. It's just that we're, I was kind of excited when I even discovered these things 
exist. And there's another collection of them. And I was going to buy both. And I thought, well, then I'll just end up using one because it's designed the same with the colors and everything. So once we burn through this one, if we still exist, well, when we get to the end, there then, we go. then we can get the other one. So, uh, But today I'm really curious because, and I, I need to dribble <laughs> a little politics in, okay? Mm. And just a little, not that's not like a big deal. So please don't turn it off. It's just, I'm just going to dribble a little politics because I want to tie it into something that's in the Bible. And then I want to get Townsend's point of view uh, and, and share mine about how this this is still the case. And, uh, and be real honest about what the Bible says because we try to... We try to politeize it, if that makes sense, and so uh, we'll talk about that. But so you may have, as of this recording, now I'm sitting behind a microphone with my buddy, and it's and it's Wednesday, January 11th. So when I say yesterday or anything like that, that gives you a context. But I became aware through my normal reading of the news yesterday that uh, there was like this contradiction of behavior in our political system, and I know that will blow your mind, but... <laughs> You may recall, Townsend, are you are you aware of the news enough to know that some months ago, the actual Federal Bureau of Investigation raided the home of the former, former president, president yes. and they were looking for classified documents. documents they, correct. they claimed that he had a uh, closet with a special lock on it that held classified documents. Now, let me put on the table right now. I don't know the rules about what does and doesn't qualify as being classified. Uh, when they make something classified, I don't know the rules about declassifying it. I don't know how any of that works. But I know there's, when you hear classified, you might think like secret military tactics or bank account information for the government, you know, high level stuff. But classified might be a weekly schedule, you know, because it has the schedule of the president. You don't want that publicly known. And so it's marked classified. That, I mean, I don't, I don't know all the rules, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's like doomsday World War III starting stuff. But whatever it was, they were searching for it. And at the time, the, my current president, uh, President Biden, was interviewed about his opinion about that. And he, he kind of, as to be expected, because, you know, they are on different teams, the red team and the blue team, he kind of went on about just being astonished that one man would be so irresponsible with classified documents. You know, he just just kind of mind blown about the fact that somebody would be so careless like that, right? Okay, so you're aware of that. Yes. Are you aware of what happened yesterday? Well, that I guess he, maybe we found something with our current president, <laughs> and now we're calling for the same type situation to happen. So, so it actually happened, they discovered it on November 2nd. Okay. So if you don't think news tries to impact an election, the election was November 6th. They didn't release it until January. But anyway, uh, that's another thing. So on November 2nd, they discovered that f former Vice President Joe Biden had a closet full of classified documents. You don't say. In some, you know, some office location or whatever. And so this, uh, my curiosity, what you will not hear, I guarantee I will give you, I, what do you want? I, I'll give you a kidney. I'll give you an arm, whatever. You are not going to hear on our news media the same hammering about how can this man be all, this audacious? How, who can, I, I am stunned at the level of irresponsibility. For, you know, they're not going to hear that, but it's the same exact thing, right? Yes. But. Same guy that was like, I can't believe he's so stupid, 
isn't saying himself is so stupid. Now he's like, I don't even know what's in there. <laughs> As though that makes it better, you know. But anyway, okay, so why I point that out is the marveling at something, okay? Because it's odd that he would be so willing to be just so stunned at uh, Donald Trump for doing something. But at the same time, and I beg forgiveness if this offends, but he's so willfully ignorant of his own failing in that. Yes. Does that make sense? Like, yes. So, uh, you know, you did you ever have somebody when you were young, uh, you would say something about somebody and, and you might hear the saying, well, that's calling the kettle, the pot calling the kettle black. Yes. Okay. So all the time. That's this, right? That's, yes. that's, you're so blind. Literally, it's, well, not, not exactly, but uh, there's a bit of it. It's, uh, in psychology and argumentation, it's called bl- being blind to your bias. Like you don't realize that you're maybe accusing. It's called being a hypocrite. Yes, but. and it's after what it it's dependent upon what you are seeking too. Like if you're seeking the truth and it's the actual truth, you won't be as blind to things that your own self is doing right. because you're after what is true. Versus if you're only after what is you know, selfishly, whatever you want, right. or if I'm real busy trying to make you look bad, I'm not going to be in the business of self-examination. Exactly, because I want to focus. There on you, you go. Okay, so I, you have your telephone. You have an easy do. way to look up a Bible verse. Yes, because I have a Bible, but I just happen to, you know, kind of have this one written yeah. in my head. Make it tell you what Galatians chapter one verse six says. All right, so okay. Galatians, <clears throat> unique letter because it doesn't start the way most of his letters start. And if my Bible history is, uh, I mean, my Bible memory stuff is, it's one of his early letters. You there? Yes. What does it say? Well, it says, I'm astonished (laughs) that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning into a different gospel. Okay. So Paul uses the same word that my president used about being astonished. Now, I happened, I did the I, I did it for you if you trust me to having to done it. I went and looked up the Greek word thaumatso, which can be translated shocked, I am stunned, I am I marvel at, yes. I am blown away. <clears throat> 2023 language, I am floored, I am just aghast, a, a you know, uh, there's a lot of different ways to basically translate a word that means I cannot comprehend how this is possible. Does that make sense? Normally in the New Testament, that word is referring to Jesus's miracles. So it would say, you know, that Jesus would do something and the disciples or the crowd around him were theomatso. They were like blown away. How is this possible at all? When he walked on water, they're, they're, how, that can't be. When he calms the storm, when he heals a blind man, there's all these. Normally, the majority of that word's usage and it's got a Hebrew counterpart that I can't remember, but all the time about some supernatural thing is that's this idea of, I can't comprehend how that's possible. Yes. It's the emotion of like, whoa. Okay. And Paul is saying, I am whoa <laughs> with how you guys so quickly after I left started believing baloney. Okay. Yes. You saw, if we went on, we would see him say, you know, you saw from my teaching, from the example, you saw the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that's the only thing that was delivered to you. And yet, so soon after I'm gone, there you go. Historically, it's because this group called the Judaizers was basically following Paul. Every time he would leave, they would come and say, hey, all that Jesus stuff is true, but 
you got to add a bunch of things, circumcision, dietary restrictions, Sabbath observance, all this stuff. Well, Paul had told them the truth of the gospel is it's Jesus and nothing. You don't add. There's no math in that. You just, just Jesus, okay? Now, what's my point? Well, this, so the letter is different. Paul's letters start the same way, almost without fail. He introduces himself. I, Paul, an apostle of Jesus, blah, blah, blah. Next, greetings to you. He greets. Next, the third section is always, this is always in the first part, always, I give thanks to the Lord because, or I thank God on your behalf, or I am thankful. He's always, hello, or introduction, hello, I'm thankful. That's his sort of structure. Here, it's hello, greetings, how can you be what so stupid? Heck? Right. What the heck? Right. <laughs> and it, it bugs him so much that if you take your phone now and go to Galatians 3.1, so it's just a letter, but chapter-wise, we're, we're two chapters later from the, I am literally astonished that you so quickly turned away. And then what does chapter 3.1 say? He calls them fools. Okay. He you says, foolish you, Galatians. There's a commentary author who says that more accurately, you would you would sort of, to realize both his frustration and his love for them, you could translate this section as, you dear idiots. <laughs> yes. Okay, he's not being overly polite. This is what God says to me every day, I Okay, think. so that's what I want to know is, it is so, isn't it, I can't be the only one. It's so obvious to look at that political situation with the current president, the former president, and be like, how can you be so blind? Yeah, okay, you want to hammer him for that? That is Great, perfectly fine. fine. Where's your hammer now? What's good okay. for the goose? Yes. Yes. Now, but let me put that into the life of a believer. Yes. How is it, and I know you're guilty of this because I know I'm guilty of this, but to, to listener land, all of you citizens, to every church, big and small, how are we so good at naming all of the sins of the fallen around us while we ignore the fact that we don't know this Bible enough to even tell you mostly what he expects of us. Yes. So, like, this book doesn't just suggest how I should live. It tells me how I should live. But why are there so many people in the church who don't do what it says, who don't? You know, we, don't, we have what the Galatians didn't have. We have this. We have the Bible because they didn't have this. They had access to the Old Testament, and we know they started to have access to some of these letters that we that make up the New Testament. But we have had what they didn't have for over 2,000 years, and we still stumble and bumble as though we are ignorant. And so where is our, for you, where do you think the astonishment has gone that we're so good at being so wrong? Well, like, okay, so I'm reading a book now. I've went from the next right thing to Through the Eyes of a Lion. Mm -hmm. And it's a very good book. And it is a very toe-stomping book just in the first couple chapters. All like, right. you literally are sitting there feeling about an inch tall after you've read I the introduction. I think I've heard of this. What is it called? Through the Eyes of a Lion. Okay, y'all are going to hear clicking because i got to put, I got to get it on my Amazon. <laughs> yes. And so in the first chapter and in the introduction to, he's talking about what you don't see, the things that you don't see, the things that you do not realize that God is doing for you or, you know, the things that are happening around you that people are going through that you have no idea that they're going through, just things that, okay. you know, 
it, it touches on spiritual warfare in this first little part of the book, but it, it really just hits on what you don't see, just the mm-hmm. simplicity of what you don't see. Mm-hmm. And you just said that, that, you know, they didn't have the books of the Bible to go to. And he even talked about Job and some of the trials and tribulations he went through. Yeah. And he referenced, he didn't have the book of Job to yeah. go study. He and didn't find know it what out. we know about exactly. in heaven, for sure. And so it talked about, And I found this, it hit me so hard. I even took a color pencil and like colored it and put a big bubble around it. And Mm -hmm. it said, um, one of the reasons that Job faced so many hardships was because God was literally bragging on him to the devil. And I was like, we, I felt like in that moment, in that very second, when I read that is when God looked down and said, my dear idiot, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like in that moment, because I was like, you know, every time that we face something, I'm even like plum giddy about it now. I laugh and I'm like, just craziness. But we will face something hard and be like, oh, God, why have you forsaken me? It never crosses our minds in the human dumbness that we live in. Mm-hmm. With it, We could actually be saying, God, thank you so much for bragging on me. I know the devil's right. attacking me, but that might be what's happening. So, you know, we just don't go down that avenue because we don't recognize that. And the things that we don't see is just what you said. The astonishment is gone. Because we have no concept of who he really is and the things that he really wants for us. And, you know, just this weekend, children's moment, I had some Play-Doh and I had some biscuit dough and I let the kids (laughs) play with both. And, you know, I kind of talked about purpose and how one thing had one purpose and one thing had another purpose. And if we tried to bake the Play-Doh, it wouldn't taste very good. But if we just try to play with the biscuit dough, that don't work out too well either. But if each thing does its purpose, and then the more I thought about that, and then, of course, my child was asking me a million questions after church about it, we don't even talk to God enough and study his word enough to truly understand our own purpose and Mm -hmm. his plans. And I think that takes away from the astonishment of it is, you know, when you know that you know that you know something like the back of your hand and then something happens, like if somebody does something on the back of a horse, Mm -hmm. Sometimes my husband will be astonished, like, how could you let this happen? What are you doing? And I may not be because I'm not as familiar of what they should be doing. Okay, yes. And so I'm like, that goes right along with what you're saying. If if we're not familiar with what we should be doing in the first place, Mm -hmm. it's super hard to recognize, like, whoa. And that's like where I start getting a real big rub personally. It's like, for me anyway, the answer to that question of where is our astonishment it's because I can't be astonished at what I don't know. Yes. Like I, I, you know, and don't don't get me wrong. Like in the new, like when I said in the in the New Testament, when that word is most of the time used for people watching the miracle happen, and they're astonished that how can that be possible? But included in their usage is that I just saw it happen. So I'm not questioning whether it happened. I just saw it. My wonder is how can this be? So in the same way, being astonished has some factual information with it. But our trouble is we don't even know to be astonished at anything anymore because we don't know what's happening. Yes. We don't see it anymore. And what just, I'm going to, you know, before you got here, I thought, am I going to bring this up or not? Because I, I hate, I, I've been talking about this with my ministry assistant, with my wife, with some, with some acquaintances. I have a real problem. Uh, I'm, I'm very afraid of appearing prideful, if that makes sense. Like I, I don't, I don't like, I'm very flattered when people say, oh, pastor, you know, you have done such a good job at this job. I don't like, no, no, no. (laughs) I happen to have been, he picked me to be here when he did it, but I don't, don't, I don't like it. 
We know. But. Go ahead. I was listening to a podcast, and it was interviewing a gentleman who uh, who uh, wrote a book called The Spider Who Saved Christmas. And did I say this already? I said it on ch- in church, but I didn't hear Okay. So The Spider Who Saved Christmas, we don't know this in America necessarily, but there's a Polish legend that a spider, I can never remember, I should buy the book, but I think he wove a blanket, or he, he his web had something to do with Jesus' birth, and that's actually why we put tinsel in a Christmas tree, because that's actually spider webs hanging down. And in Poland, they even put spider ornaments in their tree, and that's part of the legend of, of Christmas for them. And so he has written a new book, this gentleman, about the wise men, about what's true versus what's legend about the wise men. And so in this interview, they were talking about things that you have heard me talk about multiple times, like how many are there? More than one. We know nothing past that. It doesn't say three. It doesn't say 300. We have context to say it was probably a decently large group, but we, we're pretty certain it wasn't three men. Where did they come from? How far did they travel? When did they get there? Was he a little baby in the manger or was he a child at home? And where was home? And then they got in this conversation, they got to the subject of the three gifts. And so the guy said, you know, we read those gifts, but nobody knows what they are. Yeah. And so he was like, this is the man who wrote the book. He said, it blew my mind to realize that Frank, everybody knows what gold is. He said, but I was astonished to know that frankincense and myrrh are tree sap. It's sap from two different trees, and he went on to describe how it was used and whatnot. The interviewer said, I'm kind of shocked because nobody, this is a direct quote, nobody knows this. And I said to myself, I can find you a handful of people in Louisville who do. Yes, and we've smelled it, okay? (laughs) Yes, and I've given people headaches with it. Okay, so (laughs) why am I bringing that up? Because... That's been in here for 2,000 years. Yes. We don't know to be amazed by the mentioning of these gifts because we don't take the yeah, time to know. Yeah, I had no idea. Right. None. And then once you shared that with us, there was so much beauty in the simplicity of it. And then you had touched on things like you're getting to actually experience the very right. same thing your Lord Jesus enjoyed. And I'm like, we've had access to this the whole time right. and just chose, I guess. I mean, you can't know what you don't know. But all of the, yes, we can't, you're not even, but it just, the longer we go, the less people seem, and I people at large, we just don't want to know. And that's, it's truly become that way about society as a whole. Right. Just what I shared when I came in, just some circumstances yeah. of working and things that go on. You know, I said I knew not to do this, and I don't even know how I knew not to do this thing. I don't remember being taught it. But then overall society, just as a whole, mm-hmm. there's like, I mean, even you get on the level of like cop versus good guy, good, good guy, bad guy, whatever. Right. Like when they say freeze, I mean, you've just known your whole darn life. Just freeze. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Don't just book it and mm-hmm. run. And like even that's like out the window now, you right. know, and just things that have been staples that yeah. like are the common knowledge of things. Things have become so relative to circumstance now right and truths are becoming less and less and less when really i mean the bottom line is the truth is the truth the absolute truth is there mm-hmm. we've just refused to keep seeking that it seems strange to me though that the more access we have to it the, the less, less we, we seem it. to access it yes so there's this actual 
issue in the human mind that uh, there's books. Well, there's it's like new, so I can't quote you a book off the top of my head. But the idea is that ever since we've had such access to human knowledge through the Internet and you have search engines like Google or anybody old enough to remember asking Jeeves anything yes. or stuff like that. Okay, so some people, I think one that because they claim it's not tracking you, DuckDuckGo or Bing, whatever. Okay, because we can type a question in there and it gives me what I suppose is correct answers. Then what happens is in the human mind, because I have access to the information, I then believe I know it. So I have access to the information. Therefore, I believe I have internalized it and I know it. Or because I read two or three sentences, I, 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 I there's nothing else for me to know. For example, when I graduated uh, I I showed my wife. I don't, you know, it knows everything about you. This phone and and this whatever. And so, uh, once I guess I was posting pic- graduation pictures, or whatever. So it gave me an advertisement for a coffee cup. <laughs> this sounds very prideful, but anyway, the coffee cup on it said, "Please do not confuse your Google search with my ministry degree." Right, and so. <laughs> Uh, not that I didn't, not that I'm probably not an idiot myself or that I didn't go to school with idiots, but, uh, you know, it was like, you know, just cause you can Google it doesn't mean, you know, all of what there is to know, but because you can Google it without even trying, you automatically think, you know, and all can that. convince others that you right, do because you'll talk about it. Like you're like, you're very well, versed. that is correct. It. All it takes is just a little bit of confidence right. and a tiny bit of knowledge and you're ready to roll. So there's not a single book in the world that you have more access to than the Bible. Right. If Google makes it a problem through the internet, how much more so does some of our lack of astonishment and our lack of apathy, our lack of ability to be like, well, I know you're, these people over here are going the wrong way, but you know what? So am I, or so was I, and I need to do what I've been told to do, which is try to engage them with the truth. Not like it's a brick, but like it's a hand of fellowship. But I have, how many people don't have more than one Bible? I mean, first off, almost everybody has one. And I don't say it right now, but there was a time where, by habit, I would say, if you don't have a Bible, please see me before you leave today because you're going to leave with one. And I, I have Bibles downstairs to give away. I, I, I would give one to anybody who asks. I don't care. You, I could know that they have 20. I would give them 21. I don't care. But we have such easy access to this. And yet, if, if we're honest, and I could be preaching to the choir. All right. I could be every person who's going to come across this podcast, you, me, maybe we read the Bible 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes, three hours a day. I don't know. But let's just say that the statistics tell us the vast majority of the people who are laying claim to his name don't read what he told us to well, read. Well, I mean, even I didn't until God put me in positions that required me to do mm. that. I didn't even read it like nearly like I should or even long to. Right. So like the discipline that's been there because God, I mean, I feel like he was like, I'm about to throw you in here because you're going to get in my word one Mm -hmm. way or the other little Mm -hmm. girl, you know, because he knows that I like to talk and I love to share things and I'm bold in the things that I say. And so I guess he finally just got sick of me sharing nonsense and said, you're going to share my word. And so here we are. But Five years ago, 10 years ago, I mean, it's sneaking up on the 10-year mark now, and that's just insane to me. But 10 years ago, my Bible had more dust on it than anything, and it only got picked up on Sundays. Mm -hmm. And now, 
you know, I watched my Sunday school teacher Sunday use his phone constantly referencing stuff. And then I watched his wife, who was also helping teach the class. She had Bible open papers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And I just laughed. Of course, I didn't mention it then, but I thought that's two different types of of person. Mm-hmm. One wants it all in that phone, notes and all that, which that tends to be how I do it. Sure. And then she had her paper spread out, her book open, mm-hmm. like she's my studious friends in college. That's how they did right. it. And so I just love that because I'm like, it's two different worlds we live in, the technical world and still the old school open that book up world. Mm-hmm. But we have both at our fingertips. Right. How in the world do we not, astonished, how do we not? How can I not, like, why am I not bothered Yes. That we are poised right now to be the generation that moves f- so far forward in discipleship and academic understanding, whatever types, you know, however you're pulled. Like I'm obviously pulled more into what's the Greek mean and how did that, how was that originally understood? And that's not for everybody. There's a reason that there's a new American standard translation and a Christian standard translation. Yes. There's a reason that some people like, one version or another, but they're all saying the same thing. But I guess what really just, and it's a beginning of the year, basically. So that's why I wanted to say this before we started doing this, this other format was we need to be bothered that we are so ready to condemn those who are unaware of God's plan, while at the same time, we are unaware of God's plan. Correct. So, And, and then... We are so consumed by things around us, putting things into our mind and feeding our minds that we forget to do what we take in. Right. And so it's just crazy to me because if we do what we take in, the ones who were never introduced to God's plan become introduced to God's plan. It's like a constant. And and when we're so ignorant. Yes. And now I'm using the word ignorant on purpose. Like ignorant means I didn't know. Stupid means I knew and did it wrong anyhow. We're too ignorant about what it says that we start to fall for the belief that it says things it doesn't. Yes. So I and I, I mentioned this on on Sunday in our church service, but you, y'all listening, y'all might not know this, but so there's all sorts of denominations and quote unquote churches on the planet, and that that's fine. I'm not I'm not trying to destroy the structures, but the Church of England is a very empty shell of what she was many many decades ago. And so I had come across an article uh, reading some Christian news about the celebration of the first non-binary transgender priest in the Church of England. And I'm like, well, oh, oh okay. <laughs> so I was reading. Now, this is a man who has a wife, and I, I am not acting as though I don't know what to call this person to be a smart aleck or to poke. I, I don't know how I'm su- it, it, it makes me think of C.S. Lewis when he talked about Jesus is either uh, a lord, a liar, or a lunatic. I don't know how to engage with a lunatic. But when it doesn't have any logical basis, I'm kind of lost at how to rightly deal, if that makes sense. So he has a wife and children, but he is now non-binary, meaning not a man or a woman, but he has false – he presents with false female parts – has long hair and makeup. I don't. Okay. What? What? Are, I don't know. I don't know. What I'm bringing this up for is because this individual was ex- in the article ex- being quoted as explaining how they realized this about themselves by using the Bible, and so they quote 
Genesis 1.27. So in Genesis chapter 1, when you get to that point, it's, so God made man in his image. And it says, male and female, he made them. Okay? The Hebrew is Adam and Adama. And I love Hebrew. Well, I hate studying, <laughs> but I love like that. You can see the you can see the relationship between man and woman in God's creation in the word. Yes, Adam, Adam a, you know, yes. Adam, Adama. Okay, and so uh, that's beautiful. Well, he, she, uh, this individual claims that when they read that, that God spoke, and they realized that the actual meaning was. In maleness and femaleness, he made them. The me, the the purpose of male Both at the same time that or whatever. they can they can flow. He just made two individuals, but one had a maleness and one had a femaleness, but they're interchangeable. And so he realized that though he is in a certain body, that he could accept his femaleness more than his maleness. Now there are people who look at that and they're like, okay, because they don't know the difference between an ironclad statement of male and female versus maleness, female, whatever. And and every form of acceptance and illogical existence is being shoved down every throat uh, that exists. Becoming a cat. Sadly, aimed largely at children because that the article was ultimately that he, uh, he, he, she, they want to normalize gender teaching towards children in the Church of England. So I said on Sunday what I'll say right now. If you've ever wondered what blasphemy was, that's it. Yeah. That's blasphemy. You're, you're claiming that the Bible justifies and even from the very beginning speaks of gender fluidity when it does not. And you're... You're attributing that as to the truth of God, which it is not. If you did and said what you're doing and saying, and I'm not saying it's right, but just factually, if you did this about 500 years ago, they would just burn you because you can't speak against the truth that way. That was just how it worked. And so all of that to say, I have to know this to To know know how stupid that is. Correct. But I don't know this. If we're being honest the church who is meant to be the experts don't know. The devil knows more. And he always, from some points of view, he always will know more than you in, in that sense. But look at the number of time. Look at, look at his very beginning act recorded for us was to question what God had said. So he has no new tricks. He will constantly add, you know, does the Bible really say that? Well, we're too we're too proud to confess that, well, I actually don't know what the Bible says. And so then whatever form that, that, that situation is taking, it's going to challenge me again. Well, you don't know, but I happen to know because I looked, I studied, I this or that. No. Every time Jesus refuted the devil in the wilderness, he told him the Bible says. It says the word of God says, but for us, that's the Bible. So, you know, the devil's like, hey, turn that rock into bread. God's, uh, Jesus says, no, the Bible says... Man will not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then you go, uh, then uh, jump off this cliff. No, the Bible says not to tempt God. Okay, well then bow down and worship. No, the Bible says there are no other God. Every answer that Jesus gave the devil was Scripture. Yes. And so if you're being burdened by trouble, by frustration, by all sorts of things, and you can't answer it with what God has told you is true— I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just saying 
it's okay to need to go read the battle plan again. It, and you it's, know, it's okay. the thing is, we have to read about exactly how Jesus acted, what he did, what right. he said, and the way he conducted himself, not just commandments straight to us. Mm-hmm. Because if we watch Jesus, and then we watch Paul, and we watch those who loved him, followed him, believed him, you start to be able to put all the pieces of the puzzle together of you know, I actually know the answer to this already, mm-hmm. but you, I mean, you have to have watched that repetitively and see the consistency in the character of who Christ is and who those who follow him are. Right. And then that kind of starts laying out the red carpet to this is the way you walk. This is what you do. Right. And that's what I struggled with for so long. Cause you have certain commandments that are, you know, you love your neighbor as yourself and you don't disobey your parents and don't have any other gods and there's do's and don'ts. But the overall consistency of Jesus's character is only seen the more you're involved in the word and the word being a living thing means that the way that I read a certain scripture right now today is not exactly the way it applied to my life. The word didn't change, but the application did because I've grown in Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, the way he's telling me to handle myself today is a step up from what he said to 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. because I'm growing in him. I'm supposed to be better. I'm supposed to more fully represent him the further I go in this walk in life. And so as I'm continuing through scripture, it's going to step it up a notch. You know, my kid said today that she's frustrated because other kids in her class don't know how to read. And we're like, well, neither do you. (laughs) And so then when we dig down into it and she thinks she can read because she's memorized one book, you know, my application to her on a certain level that she's on right now is not going to be the same 10 years from now. Right. We've got to take that word and just dwell in it and be in it and live in it and then try to take our hands and feet and go do it. And 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 to bring that back to the end, it's I'm gonna assume that most people who are a part of this community, you you did what I did. You maybe became aware of this classified document thing, and you're like, Oh, of course you have classified documents. Just the same type as you were hammering the other guy for. And yet I know, and everybody knows, you're not going to hammer yourself. It's just not how this system works. But I'm asking if maybe you would stop to consider, here it is, the beginning of 2023. We're all very sensitive to trying to start something fresh and new. Would you be willing to be as honest towards yourself and your walk with God as you are expecting this situation on the news, to be honest, that look, man, I'm busted just as much as anybody, you know, because we're real good at telling people what God hates about their life, but forgetting that though he may hate their behaviors, actions, choices, and opinions, he, Jesus was madly in love with Judas and Jesus loves them. And, and though I may be very familiar with the fact that he loves me, I'm going to use that as a blanket to cover up the fact that he also hates those opinions and choices and things that I do. So that's that astonishment. At, wow, look at your whatever hypocrisy or, you know, why can't you be astonished at that in your own life or in the life around you? Because we can change. We can do something different and we could make we could make this year so much better just by being committed to knowing what it is that that's that this this giant collection of of information says to us. And by applying it, we would learn to be astonished again, both in the beautiful things that are taking place. And then when you hear somebody say, well, the maleness and female, it can blow your mind like, no, 
that is so stupid. I, I should say something. I, I, to, even to my neighbor, I should be like, man, did you see that? Because that's stupid. The Bible says, done. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So I that, love it. That I hope uh, even one of you would take as an encouragement to be more involved, more, even if it starts with, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read the Bible. And, and, uh, and that is a daunting task. Don't get me wrong, because uh, especially your translation may be hard for you. Uh, it's long, and maybe you haven't read anything in a long time, but it's been there. It always will be there, and I encourage you to engage with it. Now, before we close yellow card. Mm-hmm. This is not self-serving. I know I've been your pastor a long time, but I, I didn't pick this uh, because, um, y- you know, I, it was like, oh, she's going to say something I said because you know I don't like that anyway. But I liked it because you uh, will have to answer this from the receiver, as it were, and I also will answer it that way, except I also am often the deliverer. If that makes sense. So yellow card, that's the faith journey section. And so the first card, this is next week. We have to have an answer to what sermon or Bible passage or teaching has influenced you the most. Oh, I like it. So I, as soon as I pulled it out and I was like, oh, I like this. And immediately I knew what my answer was. So I'm already like excited, like, well, I mean, I could talk about it right now. So, <laughs> so we're not gonna, I'm gonna stick it right here in my little keyboard so that it's sticking up for us next week. Go in there. You were in there just before. Okay. And that's what we're going to talk about. So next week, Townsend and Preacher Man will both have to answer the question of what sermon, Bible passage, or teaching has influenced you the most. I like it. And I'm going to add, you have to have a why. Why yeah. is that? Okay. I like it. Deal. Guys, thank you so much for being, if you missed us, you know what? Thank you for missing us. I, I appreciate that. But here we are, and we're back again. Uh, brand new topics every week. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing this with those you think it might be of benefit to. And as we close, remember that our calling, our purpose, no matter what, is to pour love and kindness out on the world around us because of the love and kindness Jesus has poured out on us. This is Preacher Man. That's Townsend. Thank you all for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye, Bye y'all. Musings with Townsend and Preacher Man is a podcast dedicated to encouraging you as you think and start your own discussions at home about God and the Christian worldview. If you like what you've heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating on the platform of your choice and share our podcast with folks you know. If you need to get in touch with Townsend or Preacher Man, you can email either of them at mtpm.podcast at gmail.com.